Well, <laughs> this is interesting. Right, so to begin with, uh, I'm Logan, and you are... I am Sam, hello. Uh, yeah, so today we're going to talk about some politics, you know? Yes, we are. It's going to be interesting, because, uh, I mean, this is the first time doing a podcast, right? So we don't know what to, you know, really do. Or how it works and stuff, yeah. but you know, we'll get the hang of it eventually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't know what to expect, but you know, we'll do it. Right. Uh, do you want to start off with the first question? Yeah. It's uh, been a pretty terminal time for politics, especially in the UK. Uh, I'm not sure about the US. I try to keep up on them as well, but there has been a few strikes in Starbucks that's been going on for quite some time. Also, there's also uh, come up that Joe Biden has had some official documents in his garage, which is a bit weird. That's probably going to throw him under the bus with the Republicans. But yeah, mostly with the UK, there's been a lot of strikes going on, a lot of turmoil. Turmoil. <laughs> mm, yeah, 100%. I know, it's a bit annoying. I mean, this government literally refuses to you know, pay any of the workers more money and they just want to keep, like... Uh, they, no, didn't they want to... Yeah, they wanted to make it illegal to strike, pretty much, which is just, like, going against... <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh, yeah, there's some legislation coming out, well, the government want to bring out, uh, but it's, like... Yeah, it basically means that uh, nurses... Yeah, it's preventing nurses from striking... Uh, they argue because we need like a actual place where people who have been in accidents and stuff can actually have access to a nurse. But if they're going to be sacking nurses for striking if they do, so that completely challenges the right to strike. It's a bit. It is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I mean, this government is completely out of hand. I mean, they've been. We've we've had this concept, we've had conservative government for the past like thirteen years. Thirteen years, yeah. And so it's and they've been terrible. I mean, they've managed to. Obviously, I must. Yeah, I've got to clarify. We are well. I am. We are pretty left wing. Yeah. That, uh, oh yeah. We, <laughs> so you know, maybe we should say that. You, if, you, if, you, yeah, if you're not, you know. Anyone who's listening to this, if anyone is listening to this, I'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if you're... <laughs> oh, you know, so you may not agree with us as some things, but I am pretty left-wing. I don't know, Lo- I'm more, Logan, you're, you, I'm like, you may be less... I'm less, I'm less left-wing than him, because he wants, like, a revolution, all right. <laughs> well, I wouldn't... Uh, <laughs> I I make a joke here or there, but you know. I, know, I, know. I know you're joking, but um, yeah, I would say I'd say I'm left wing, so it's kind of a bit, I guess. Yeah. This is why we need to bring some other people in <laughs> to balance the arguments. Yeah, because we're not we're not going to be a very balanced argument on here, but you know that's fine. No, we're not. If people want to agree with us, that's okay. Even if people disagree with us, they might find it interesting. So find the other. And anyway, I always say. You've always got to listen to the other point of view in politics. I agree, hundred percent. I mean, that's the whole point in democracy. You know, you listen to other people's opinions. Whether you have to respect their opinion, no matter what it is, it could be completely outrageous. But you've got to respect it, and then you evaluate on their opinion. That's how it works. Because if we don't, if we don't have different, you know, if we don't have different uh, opinions, then we're in a tyrannical state, aren't we? So, 
because they don't allow us to have different opinions. <laughs> like in Russia, most comedians have to be pro-Putin. Exactly. It's, it's... That's kind of messed up. Speaking of Russia, I don't know if you've uh, seen, Logan, in the news that the UK are sending some tanks over to Ukraine. <laughs> I did. Uh, you know, that's that's interesting. Uh, but yeah, uh, the, Zelensky isn't actually quite happy with it. He would prefer 300 tanks, but the UK is saying no. Uh, give you 100. Only sending 100 instead of 300 is absurd. This government never gives the people what they want, especially when they need it the most. <laughs> but at least they sent something because, you know, Russia is getting more aggressive. So, yeah. Yeah, they they are giving, you know, because Russia are more on the are more on the aggressive as of recent. Like Ukraine have made some pretty good steps pushing them out. But uh, Russia have sent a lot of uh, strikes yesterday, I think. And they killed like I think it was three people in this office block and injured several which is kind of messed up well it is messed up <laughs> but it's very interesting the uk the ukraine war because a lot of people obviously condemn russia and putin because of the way he handled russia before anyway and all of our all of the uh leaders before us with the britain have worked with putin uh tony blair famously invited him to number 10 one of the first um uh, lead, leaders of like the G8 well it was the G8 at that point but then Russia have been kicked out now um, uh, to to invite him to another country because he what he he's an oligarch he, he was he well was he a, is still technically uh, yeah yeah he is yeah uh, so and he used to be wasn't he a general uh, he was a KGB officer yeah KGB officer yeah uh so, you know, he's got pretty good experience with that, with military experience and stuff like that, I guess, yeah. being secretive. That is true. I mean, we I think there's so much about the news of on the, Ukraine, on the Ukrainian crisis, yet they didn't really cover the issue in Palestine and with Israel, you know, between those two. Yeah, yeah, 100%. They never do. And the the issue is there's so many of the this oppression going on around the world, like Yemen. There's still some stuff going on in Yemen, Syria, uh, yeah, as you said, Palestine. Obviously, some people might listen to this and be in support of Israel, be a Zionist, and you know, you know, you'll you'll know my opinion on that. <laughs> on. I think I can uh, only tell, bro. <laughs> but yeah, the the news the news always goes for more Western, well, Western. You know what I mean? No, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, mm-hmm. and obviously. A lot of people are called like, oh, you're an anti-Semite for supporting Palestine. Like, there's a lot of that. There was a lot of that going on in the Labour Party and other places, like the mainstream media uh, and stuff like that. And also, the definition for uh, anti-Semitism was uh, being anti-Zionist as well. They changed that. I'm pretty sure. Which you know. Is pretty horrible to think of because the atrocities that Israel are committing in Palestine at the minute is disgraceful and it's never acknowledged by any mainstream media or big political figure. I think uh, Ireland are the only country in outwardly supporting of Palestine. Every other country doesn't speak there. Wow. It's gonna, yeah, because obviously the, uh, I think 
like you can correct me if I'm wrong, and obviously, but I'm pretty sure the Freedom Fighters in Palestine, uh, like they connected the IRA in Northern Ireland back in the day. Um, uh, I mean, yeah. I don't know if there's any evidence because, on that because they well the IRA the uh, no no it's like well the IRA connected themselves and obviously the Catholics in Ireland and Northern Ireland kind of connected themselves to Palestine. Well, obviously you can disagree with that or not. <laughs> uh, they, um, because obviously they were both fighting for freedom, as they say, um, because obviously Northern Ireland, well, it's now the uh, the majority of people in Northern Ireland, well, not the majority, but there are, there are more Catholics than Protestants in Northern Ireland as of today, which is the first time ever. And obviously a Sh- Sinn Féin got more, seats than the DUP in the last election. Uh, that was interesting. It was very interesting because, you know, we could be seeing a United Ireland. Mm, that would be great. But as like we said before, will Rishi Sunak and the uh, Conservative Party actually do that? Will they push forward uh, a motion for uh, United Ireland? Because I don't think they would because, you know, with... Um, Scotland, the Supreme Court, I know it wasn't them, but the Supreme Court denied them an independence referendum. And yeah, if the referendum did happen, it could have, like, they could have just said, like, oh, no, we don't want to leave the uh, uh, union. So we'll probably just stick with uh, what we have. uh, So they won't be independent. But, you know, you never know. But that's the thing. They denied them for having it. And I can also understand that, like, why they denied it, because wasn't it like, yeah, no, no, it was almost no yeah not even 10 years it's less than 10 years since they had their less uh, their last referendum in the space of 10 years right about an independence election right that's separating from like a union like a whole different like support from like a major like centralized government yeah in in the uk but uh yeah so it'd just be like it's just too it's just too close but at the same time i can see why from their point of view why it should happen because we had the brexit referendum which then separated us from the European Union. And then we've also had COVID, which I know each devolved parliaments, they all they all get to choose their own um, rules. So, you know, in Wales and in Scotland, they have their own COVID yes. Yeah. And yeah, uh, well, yeah, there's, there's actually been a lot of talk as of recent of Nicola Sturgeon uh, calling the next general election in Scotland a de facto referendum, which basically means, if people who don't know that, uh, they would base that that the, if the SNP got back into government, that the Scottish people, the majority of the Scottish people, want a second independence referendum, and so then they will act on that instead of having another another referendum. And obviously, there's been a lot of questions for Rishi Sunak whether he'd allow whether he would uh, take that and accept it. And you know, he's he's dodging the questions as you would expect. Um, but yeah, that that's interesting. I agree. I think. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you have a um, do you have any other questions uh, on the list? So we have uh, some topics <laughs> we're going to cover. We got a bit of a list, you know, just 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 seeing what some people might want to hear and what's topical. In there. Well, yeah, I was thinking, uh, continuing like devolution. Uh, obviously, Keir Starmer has made it frank that he would like to continue devolution and further it, like uh, in Gordon Brown's report about like uh reforming parliament and reforming the uk he thought that um devolution needed to go further 
and Keir Starmer is going to take that onto the next manifesto for Labour in the next election. And obviously, with the way the Tories are going at the minute, it is it is frank that the uh, the <laughs> Labour are quite favoured in the polls <laughs> compared to the Tories. Certainly. Um, like massive, massive majorities are being projected. Um, as of yesterday, Labour are forty-seven percent in vote, in Westminster voting intention. That was on British Electoral Politics or YouGov. Um, so that's interesting. Tories are at twenty-five percent. Uh, I'll I find I'll find some more smaller statistics which kind of project bigger, um, <laughs> bigger majorities for Labour. Like, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of resources. Obviously, it's just a lot of different things because you can't get the opinion of every single person in the country. Um, and I'm sure that uh, a lot of people would just vote Tory in the next election because it's just the only thing that they know, which normally happens, like, in polls. People say that, oh, I'll vote for these, I'll vote for them, I'll vote for Labour this time, definitely. And then when it comes around to the general election, they don't feel comfortable doing it, which is fair enough. Um, Omnisys are predicting that Labour would win a majority of 302 seats uh, compared to everyone else. So they'd they'd win that. So all of their seats would add up to 476. Wow. Which is a big, big, big majority. That is a big majority. Basically wipe out the North and a lot of the South. Uh, I think even even my constituency, which, you know, Southwest Norfolk, Liz Truss. Uh, <laughs> maybe even Liz. Maybe even Liz will lose our seat. We'll get on to Liz later. <laughs> now you've, now you've um, told the listeners where you live, mate. <laughs> ah, it's fine. It's all right. No one will. No one will come looking. Maybe they'll be pressed outside my door tomorrow. That'll be all right. <laughs> uh, I've even I've even seen stats that say that the SMP might become the official opposition that the Tories will get wiped out so badly but that's more Labour leaning not the Liberal Democrats stats no well no because the Lib Dems the the SNP always have more seats than the Lib Dem that's why they're the that's why they're the the third biggest party at the minute in Parliament Hmm. Um, and the Lib Dems obviously got nah the Lib Dem nah because uh, in in Parliament the SNP are always going to reign supreme because you know they literally have all of Scotland uh, in this, in this, uh, in these statistics saying that Labour will win a 302 seat majority, it's projected that the Lib Dems will win a 14 seat majority, uh, not majority, <laughs> 14 seats, which you know is kind of a big improvement on where they are at the minute, I suppose. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, I would say that's that's pretty good. But compared to what the Lib Dems are on, you know, early 2000s, late 90s. Something or other like that. It's kind of ridiculous how much they've fallen off. But, you know, it is, it is expected after, you know, what they did. Because a lot of Lib Dem voters must have felt betrayed by that. But, you know, that's kind of old news. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, with Liz Truss, I was going to say, we came on to Liz Truss. Um, well, she had she had quite a time. She had quite a month being Prime Minister. Do you agree, Logan? Oh. <laughs> what, this trust? 
Yeah, she had quite a month, didn't she? Did she that even was, have a month? That was a time. 40, Did she have was a it month? 45 days? <laughs> yeah, it was. 45 days. That's amazing. That was, oh that was amazing. And obviously, I, I, not to brag or anything, I knew about Liz Truss before most people did. Because obviously she's been my local MP my entire life. I've lived in South West Norfolk my whole life. So, but, oh no, she's not been my MP my whole life. But she's been an MP for a long time in my life. Um, so I knew about her and a lot of people in, <laughs> in my constituency do not think very highly of her or a lot of people that I know, but you know, some people just vote Tories. Some Tory voters would vote for a pig with a blue rosette on. That's how much they would vote Tory for. And obviously the same abides by Labour somewhere in the North, but it's, but with the Tories, it's more apparent. Yeah. But yeah, Liz Truss, rough old time she had. Um, you do have to feel for her, I think, which is weird coming from me because I would, uh, because obviously you know that I slagged Liz Truss off quite a lot even before she was prime minister. Like you've heard me do that before, and you know I'm, I'm sure a lot of people did because I would just talk about Liz Truss and then people back in the day would go, who the hell's that? And I'd be, well, you know, I'll tell you about her. And I'd say all this stuff that she did in my local constituency. Like we had a, um, we still have a um, hospital in Kings Lynn, which has been crashing down. Literally the roof has been caving in for about 10 years, which is ridiculous. And Liz Truss always kept saying, yeah, I'll sort it, I'll sort it, I'll sort it. But she never did. Anyway, um, yeah, as I was saying, I do feel for her. Obviously, you may not agree with me, Logan, and other people might not agree with me because she is a bit of a scumbag when it comes to politics because she does throw a lot of people under the bus. But the same could be said for Boris Johnson. Um, she no, no, no. Hang on, bro. You're forgetting. She also she also legalized fracking for about a week. Yeah, but <laughs> what? Well, like I'm saying, um, a person. You think about it. You're literally placing your entire ideology onto a pedestal when becoming prime minister and your entire budget is based around that obviously Liz Truss did not handle it well at all she brought in her entire all her mates into the government Jacob Rees-Mogg, Kwasi Kwarteng, Therese Coffey all of them all terrible maybe some of the worst cabinet ministers ever like Rees-Mogg legalizing fracking nearly getting that going ridiculous I thought it was great when Rishi Sunak got rid of that. I was quite pleased, but obviously Rishi's like I was a bit more optimistic with Rishi Sunak as prime minister a few mu- a few weeks ago than I would be now. I was as well. But yeah, Liz Truss tackling the economy horrifically, brought back like Thatcherism, free market um, economics, or tried to. Uh, got rid of the top rate of income tax or something didn't she yeah i can't remember it feels like it feels like ages ago i don't know about you but it just feels like ages ago it now, does but it wasn't because she was just there for, for such a short amount of time that it was like i know uh it was it was really weird it was really really weird time but what's even what's even worse is that during after she left remember Boris getting a hundred votes. Now let's talk about this. Let's, sorry, let's just change the subject real quick. Are we Boris, about Boris comeback, Johnson? right? How yeah, yeah. how okay. the hell have, did they think that was a good idea? Like this guy had parties during lockdown. I know most of them who are at the party probably voted for him because they're the ones who would actually be like, yeah, he seems all right because he was actually fun at the party, so I'm going to vote for him. <laughs> but then what? I, 
what I don't agree with, yeah, is how we can just keep having, uh, you know, what's it called, like the the internal votes, or whatever. That's just stupid. Yeah, it's so it's dumb because they've had three. Surely that's you call for a um a general election at that point. Surely, right? Well, Surely. what I think is the Tories are trying to cling to power as much as possible, and I feel like they're sort of playing politics at the minute that they might not mind a bit of time as the opposition. Um, and tanking the economy as they're doing now, or as they were doing, getting all these strikes up, really horrific public unrest. Um, they do that. Labour get in. Labour struggle to um, fix it, obviously, as you would. Um, the Tories come back as heroes, maybe electing Boris Johnson as their leader, because I feel like Boris Johnson would be a brilliant leader of the leader of opposition. I think, well, not, you know, for the Tories, not like he's actually be a brilliant leader of the opposition. <laughs> his 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 persona and the way he does things, even as Prime Minister, you know, Mr. Speaker, this man right over there, da, 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 da. <laughs> you know, it works for the leader of the opposition. It's more confrontational, if you know what I mean. But yeah, Boris Johnson's return. Oh, I, I remember seeing earlier that it's that maybe he was looking to get Rishi Sunak to move him to another seat, which is more safe for the Tories than Uxbridge. Uh, wait, I think it's just Uxbridge. I might be wrong. Um, but yeah, mm. um, he yeah. Uh, so he was going to get himself to move um, as the uh, Uxbridge and South Ruslip or Ruslip, I don't know. Um, as the uh, as the Conservative candidate there instead, so he so he won his seat because if he loses his seat, he's done for. There's no way he's coming back. He is disgra- it's disgraceful if he's coming back. But apparently, it's just come up here that Rishi Sunak has said that Boris Johnson has con- confirmed he will stand in his current constituency. So I guess that was all rumours. Okay, so he's not. Yeah, uh, that was all rumours. All right. Pretty much. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he. I'm sure he's a great MP. I'm sure that. Well, and what we saw from watching um, uh, PMQs. He's really good at PMQs. Like he makes it seem like he's good, but you can't tell for someone who's like who's not that interested in politics. And you turn on PMQs, you could see like, oh, this guy sounds like he knows what he's doing. He seems confident. He seems arrogant as well, which is what you need as a leader. So some people may agree, some people may not agree, but you know, generally you need someone who's confident and can. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, no, no, like you know, get things done without overthinking it. And I don't. I'm not a fan of Boris. I hate him. <laughs> Sorry, put <laughs> out there. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't like the man. Yeah. Uh, but I think he was probably a really good leader, and I could see why people who from different, um, you know, uh, w- uh, different classes of wealth, from like working class to upper class to middle class, all voted for him. Like, because and then also, sorry to bring this Sam, but during the like um, when Jeremy Corbyn. Uh, was against him. Um, there, the um, the media made him seem like uh, what well, Jeremy Corbyn. They made him seem like uh, he was like some sort of <laughs> communist, like terrorist who's going to destroy the nation. And then Boris was like, he had a simple phrase. Was it get Brexit done? <laughs> that yeah. was it. And then that's all it took was like people were like keep it simple. Whereas this guy is too left. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Oh, he says all. So people just you know, yeah. Boris Johnson is the perfect like, blunt, likeable politician. 
that's what you need. That's what you need nowadays in with the politician. Well, it's what you need with a, he's he's the perfect populist who isn't a populist, if you know what I mean. So he's like back in 1997, Tony Blair talked to all these people that talked to Oasis, all these all these big, big music people at the time and celebrities. He was endorsed by them, invited them even to Downing Street at the time to try and keep his great persona going on. He would go up uh, and what Boris Johnson does, go, can, obviously they make their constituency visits. Boris Johnson does normal things that a normal person would do. Drinking a pint. Oh, he drinks a pint like me. He must be great. Let's vote for him. It's as simple as that sometimes with politics, honestly. Um, and yeah, uh, obviously with Jeremy Corbyn, people will know my opinion on him. It's favourable opinion. Um, of course, and uh, the media made it seem like he was unelectable, and people ate it up, as you do, with an entire mainstream media uh, saying that. Well, well, we know, we know that from you know the subjects we take, because we're you know we're doing media A level. We found that was it seventy or eighty percent of all media's were. Uh, right wing, right yeah. Just ideal, ideology. They have an ideology that's more right wing than left or centre. So of course, then also uh, the media. Most of the media is owned by Rupert Murdoch and he, him himself. Yeah, the major. Yeah, the majority of the media. Uh, uh, yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say that actually. Uh, the majority of the media is owned by Rupert Murdoch, which is you know he's literally one of the most powerful men on the planet with the influence he has. And the way he, the way he can just, oh, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. Unbelievable. Um, I don't think it should even be a thing. Like, how can someone have that much power? One person influence millions and millions of people to then basically brainwash them and change their way of thinking to then favour one side than the other. I think it's dumb. I think there should be, like, I don't think... Anyone should have one. I don't think there should be any just one person who owns the whole, like most of the media. It's dumb. I think it should be like everyone. There should be all sorts of media, but at the same time, that I also don't think there should be because I don't want to. I don't want it to be fascist media. I don't want it to be like yeah. Nazi media. But at the same time, I don't want there to be no no offense, Sam, but I don't want it to be communist me- media. I mean, I don't mind that, but you know. It's at the same time, bro. I, I don't really. <laughs> no offense to me. I'm not. <laughs> I, I'd like to clarify to anyone listening. I am not a communist. Uh, yeah, I, I, I have left wing views, but I wouldn't go so far to say that I'm a communist. Maybe I make the remark here or there. You know, revolution, bring it on. Uh, but yeah, I, I was thinking. Some people, the main issue with voting in this country and the influence that it has is that most people just don't vote. Mm. Ooh. Just don't go, don't bother. That's true. Which is an issue. And obviously some people uh, bring up the idea of compulsory voting. I don't know what your opinion on that is, Logan, because I've never spoken to you about it. But I would be inclined to it because people say, surely your right to suffrage the a part of your right to suffrage is that you can choose not to do it yeah um yeah and i would argue you could still the whole point in compulsory voting 
is that you go to the voting booth or whatever, you can do your poster vote, you don't have to vote. You could spoil your ballot Mm -hmm. and anything like that. But it would still increase, well, obviously it would increase the the amount of voting that there is in this country and it therefore make it more democratic. But I still think before then, there needs to be a change in the electoral system. Mm. Well, okay, compulsory voting... I agree with what we just said, but um, if we take Australia, right, they have compulsory voting. And my yeah. uncle lives in Australia, and so I have never really asked him, but I might ask him now. But I, I assume, from what I've heard, it is good, but at the same time, it can be bad because people end up just wasting their vote because they're like, oh, I've got to vote, but I don't know what to vote, so I'm just going to pick someone random. Whereas if they, if it's not compulsory, then people then can kind of think about it because it's not like oh i have to vote but at the same time it's like whoever I, whoever i vote it's who i want to vote but at the same time you're right because of what happened during the brexit referendum there was what how what was the turnout oh it was it was uh, it wasn't actually that bad well because for this country it wasn't too bad yeah uh, yeah, it's a compulsory voting. Yeah, I think it's a good thing. I think it should happen because of what's happened previously. We don't have we don't have enough time out. It's been declining over the years. Actually, it was like well, the last time we had over what was it? Eighty percent was in nineteen. It was before nineteen sixty. That's all I know. So it was like years ago. So I I do think we should have it. But at the same time, I also think we should lower the vote aging yeah. the, the voting age to seventeen, not sixteen, but seventeen. What? What? Why? Seventeen. I feel as this generation, there are so many people who are just more politically like engaged with everything. Because if you look around you, like almost everything is involved in politics. You know, train strikes. You've got bus strikes. You've got nurses strikes. All these strikes that are happening, right? And then it's just involving people who maybe didn't take an interest in politics. It's now affecting their lives. But now they've been politically engaged. I feel like this generation is now going to be so politically engaged compared to, you know, previous generations that I think maybe it might encourage them to them when they have, um, let's say when they get older, they may have kids or something. Then they might involve their children in politics much younger than we have been involved in. So then it might. I feel like we should just lower it to 17. It's only by one year, but that year could make a difference in terms of the um, the amount of um, turnout we get in each election or referendum. Uh, that's why I think we should lower it. But yeah, uh, what's your opinion? Yeah, I I think that's fair enough. I've never even given it much thought. I've always thought just make it vote to 16 because it'll make more of an impact than just one year, which is, you know, I'm... That's just my argument, don't they? But I, I, I think that's fair enough. But I've always thought politics is all around us and it has something to do with politics. It's like, it's a given. So 16-year-olds on politics, possibly, like, just give them. Uh, but the thing is, they're, they're going to leave 16-year-olds, uh, you know, leaving, ending year 11, starting sixth form or starting co- or starting college Maybe even not going back to college, not going to anywhere, maybe just doing an apprenticeship, anything. So you can't really you can't really educate people when they're leaving compulsory education in about in a few months time. But. I feel like if you just 
educate kids even before they're allowed to vote on politics, then when they get the chance to vote, they'll be looking forward to it. Or, well, it's, it's something it's something that voting is something that they can have a say, which will affect their whole lives. And obviously some people, maybe more left wing people than me, would argue that voting doesn't actually do anything. If you know what I mean. Uh, like it wouldn't it it doesn't work it doesn't change anything we have nothing um we 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 contribute nothing one little vote into a pool of water of thousands of safe yeah but that's more to do with the electoral system sometimes with some people like you voting me voting in my constituency probably most likely the conservatives will still win i make no impact whereas somewhere else maybe it's less of a safe seat like boris johnson's constituency that that vote means more than my vote so that's why i believe that proportional representation should be implemented in the uk which is what well the the labor conference they did a vote for there to be proportional representation they voted in favor of it but keir starmer has been a bit in a gray area about it because obviously labor would more if Labour had just won a massive referendum under first past the post, why would they want to change the why would they want to change the electoral system? And obviously they, they seem to be more focused on reforming the House of Lords, possibly making it an elected chamber, which is fair enough. I would be in favour of that as well. But I still think that proportional representation is one of the most crucial things we need to do to enhance democracy in the country. Because also considering uh Liz Truss, Rishi Sunak, these people have not been elected by the people. They have, they have, we've had two prime ministers who haven't been elected by the people. It's ridiculous. Boris Johnson, even Boris Johnson before the 2019 election, he wasn't elected. Gordon Brown, he wasn't elected before he, well, he wasn't elected at all because obviously he lost the 2010 election to David Cameron. But I don't know, it's just, it's, it's sinister. It's something sinister about it that the Tories are so the Tories and Labour are so uh, focused that about not wanting proportional representation or just shooting it down every time because they, that they say that it's not a crucial matter, which it is. It's definitely a crucial matter. It literally it would literally change the politics in this country for the better. I would argue. Some people might say for worse because it could spread extremist parties, but if people, I always argue, if people want to want to vote for extreme vote for parties, then they should be allowed to do so. Maybe, like I am obviously, do not like Nigel Farage, and he's failed in every single election he stood in, every single seat he stood in, he's always failed. He won in the European Parliament. He got a seat in the European Parliament, which is under proportional representation or some other electoral system apart from first past the post. I'm not sure. I'm not sure which one it is, but obviously a load of UKIP and uh, BNP won back in before Brexit in about something like that, some time around about then. Uh, and then they've never been able to do that in the UK Parliament because of first past the post. But other parties, such as the Green Party, the Lib Dems, all these parties would benefit from first from first past the post being eradicated, which 
I think would be a good thing because I feel like we sh- there should we should have a multi-party system. I still think a one-party system or a two-party system is ridiculous. It's undemocratic. It shouldn't happen. That's why I'm so out of favor of the of like the U.S. government and the way the U.S. do it. Maybe if we had a written constitution like the U.S. government and had proportional representation in that and other rights in that would act which actually are relevant to today unlike the u.s constitution which some has things like uh if you're a a neighboring army you have to ask permission for to stay in someone's to stay in someone's home that's still in the u.s constitution that hasn't been removed that's still there has no relevance to today's world or anything and obviously there's a lot of debate around the right to bear arms um there's a lot of people go to court always exercise you know uh right to remain silent uh, um fifth amendment which you know they they cannot prosecute you on you remaining silent which you know whether that's a bad thing or a good thing you could argue whereas in our gu- whereas in the uk if you if you're silent in courts you're they will assume you're guilty which i know is fair enough but that's what i'm saying in a codified constitution in the uk if we had someone like i don't know someone actually progressive if we had a conservative like maybe not even a conservative conservative like part of a party like an ideological conservative writing the constitution for our country it wouldn't work it would have to be someone progressive someone who who knows such as gay rights trans rights uh uh gender equality etc workers rights stuff like that we need that that has to be in the in the constitution because obviously uh trans people are being horrifically discriminated against in today's society i mean in even in the uk like uh the i can't remember who promised was it was it uh boris johnson who promised to remove the to completely uh, ban and crack down on conversion therapy and it's still not been done by Liz Trust or Rishi Sunak because they obviously they believe it's non-essential and they also the last two prime ministers we've had have refused to call trans women women and obviously I, I feel even Keir Starmer Keir Starmer hasn't hasn't said it like he he hasn't said that they're not women or women whereas uh, Rishi Sunak and Liz Trust bluntly said that they're not women whereas you know which is I feel like the parties today it, <laughs> is ridiculous. We're so we're so drawn towards the right right now. Like you could argue Rishi Sunak is right, Nigel Farage far right, Keir Starmer in the centre. Maybe you could some people argue centre right. Um, others might not. Um, Ed Davey definitely centre right. Um. The Lib Dems, you know, Ed Davey has described himself as a traditional, as a traditional liberal. Uh, you know, that's, which basically means you're a conservative or you're right wing, which means you're right wing, obviously. But, uh, you know, uh, the, the Green Party, I wouldn't really consider the Green Party because they've only got one seat. So it's like, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be fair on me to, wouldn't be fair on me to add like, I I don't even know who the leader of the Green Party is to be honest with you. Uh, they're not even like I don't they don't have a seat. Well, obviously, um, Caroline Lucas isn't the leader of the Green Party, 
so you can't really consider her as the leader because she's literally just one one person so it's not really fair on the green party for me to generalize them by their leader um uh yeah so th- th- jeremy corbyn was left-wing some would say far left i would say i would argue against it others would say uh others would say others would say he was radical you know it's uh he, at least we had a diverse at least we had a diverse um parliament then whereas now the left are being shunned down because of the uh 2019 general election loss yeah i sorry i've that was yeah it was uh it was quite a lot can i <laughs> can i just then you know talk about what you've just said the past like seven minutes okay all right so first of all yeah. compulsory politics all right okay so we would that isn't isn't it a bit like rishi sunak trying to make compulsory maths often the people didn't want to do politics that's what, I, that's what i'm thinking because i mean everyone has a choice now, i think everyone everyone should do politics but like at the same time if they don't want to do it they don't want to be there and it's compulsory they're not going to enjoy it and they just want to they're just going to maybe mess around they're not going to listen you know whereas if they made it i guess an optional thing and make it younger then yeah they could take it you know that's what i think they should make it optional make it an option you can choose when you're younger uh for everyone and then instead of doing compulsory also could they do compulsory politics in the usa as well uh so um which i guess which is good for all of them because then they've already got like a sense of politics and i guess it kind of has worked there but at the same time in a way i mean that could be too due to their constitution that it's made them more liberal in a way because they've all like they all they know their laws and they were like oh yeah i've got laws oh yeah maybe i should read them i, I know what mine are and then they get like yeah i'm not going to talk about the us like that um unelected leaders all right um yeah so we've, i agree as well unelected leaders like rishi sunak and this trust having like an internal vote inside the conservative party it makes sense but doing it like more than once i'm sorry but that's just that shouldn't be allowed you, there should be a limit on it at least because then you could just keep doing it over and over again be like oh yeah let's just keep doing a re-election or whatever like a mini internal election or, or vote sorry not election and then they could just you know keep it going i think they should have called a general election for when rishi sunak um was oh, there was a vote for the uh another vote you know after this trust got out but you know and then codified constitution now i agree as well because having having um knowing your rights i feel like we definitely should know our rights there should be something that um allows us to know our rights but at the same time you know if we have it codified i and you say there shouldn't be a conservative writing it but the uk as it as itself we have had like mostly conservatives so it end it probably will end up being conservatives if we do end up implementing a codified constitution it will be conservatives writing it and then it would make it bad because then like you said uh there could be it could be an alive document or it could be a dead document so it'd be it'd be hard to change people's like you know we might, we might end up having issues like the us is having with um abortion and stuff like that but the thing i think it's more just about the morality of it and people believing in 
But why? I don't get that. Why are people so against people with, who are gay or trans or don't want to have a, a kid? I mean, uh, like they believe it's, it's because they have. I suppose it's because they just have conservative mindsets, like, or they believe that it's 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 a lot of it's a number of defining factors. But no, like I said, picking up from your point before about how you know our our constitution, our you know <laughs> hypothetical UK constitution, codified constitution, um, could be like the US constitution. But yeah, I was I was saying this before. We had to um, we have to have a progressive writer. Um, or we have to have a number of progressives, right? We have to have a, just everyone in Parliament has to contribute because if if they don't do so, it will end up like the US Constitution. I agree, but if we add every single thing and every single progressive detail in and make it more detailed than the US Constitution, and the whole one of the main issues with the US Constitution, I would say, is that it is so old. It was written in the 1700s. Like that is ridiculous. Um, uh, it's whereas our one would be written in the twenty first century. It would have it. It could acknowledge abortion rights. It could acknowledge trans rights. Like I said before, so that's that's my main that's that's my main need with a with a UK, with a uh, with a codified constitution. I would honestly. I wouldn't mind it if it was that. If it was anything else, it was under any other guidelines, then no. But uh, because I still don't mind an uncodified constitution. But the, the the main issue is that this conservative government is becoming tyrannical. They're trying to ruin. They're trying to get rid of our right to strike. Nurses' right to strike. Nurses who had sacrificed so much of their, so much, so much their lives, their lives. People had died. Nurses had died in the COVID pandemic, and felt incredibly ill. They're still ill now with long COVID. Some people, but they sacrificed their time to look after the people of this country. The Tories wasted their time, you know, dilly dallying about. That's more of a Boris Johnson phrase. Um, <laughs> dilly dallying about. And uh, not, what was it, like two weeks before, we would have been, we would have had about how many less cases? Um, it was a Ridiculous lot. amount of less cases um, if the Tories had locked us down two weeks before, which just shows their in, their incompetence. And yeah, but no, the the NHS nurses, yeah, I just I just feel like it's ridiculous what they're doing to them at the minute how and they're, they're out on the streets out on, think about it they're out on the streets they're they're clapping the the nurses during covid during lockdown and then they do this to them now it just shows that they would never uphold their word people were saying this before they would never hold their word to the nhs nurses never give them a pay rise this is the first time they've striked ever and that's that's where I want to really that, end on. That's crazy. Just yeah, keep, outrageous. Keep about that. Well, this uh, this is uh, I thought this was a good uh, little taste episode, you know. Yeah, it was good. To, you know, yeah, get our views out there, whatever. And um, yeah, well, we hope you enjoyed. There's probably no one listening to this, but who cares? Um, we hope you enjoyed. <laughs> yeah, well, me and you. we okay. hope you enjoyed. And uh, yeah, uh, please, um, we'll make more. Hopefully, I don't know, maybe not. 
We will. We'll bring. We'll, we'll bring to. more we'll people. We'll see. We'll, we'll bring see other we people. Do. We'll bring some right wing people and make it more balanced. Well, yeah, we'll bring some. We'll bring some <laughs> some different opinions we'll compared some... to ours because we're still we're pretty well aligned with our opinions. Well, yeah, at some points, so exactly, yeah. it might be more interesting. We bring in some people who are more right wing or maybe even more left wing. Maybe I'll get Commie on. I already have that on, but it's fine. Um, (laughs) I'm joking. All right. Well, this is great. Uh, Thank you for listening and uh, goodbye. See ya. See ya.